right, but thanks for joining me here at True News 365. Uh, once again, I want to um, talk a little bit about the Calvinist, anti-Calvinist debate that always continues. I don't want to continue in the scuffle, but I do want to be a neutral um, arbiter for what is neutral among those people pushing for uh, peace among the brethren, among our Arminian brothers and our Reformed brothers. There's really no reason to be attacking each other and hating on each other, uh, not at all. Um, I am not a member of a reformed church. I wish I was, but I have been all my life, um, at least the past 40 years in involved, uh, with, uh, less reformed, more Arminianistic, uh, worship among my brethren. I love my, my Arminian brothers and I fully understand and I get them. Okay. But I have become reformed at least the last 15 uh, years and more so every day more and more as I study and I grow, as I read the scriptures, as I delve deep in the scriptures. I did a couple of uh, rebuttal um, uh, uh, videos on my YouTube where I challenge or rather I rebut the critique, the, the critiques, excuse me, of folks who are anti-Calvinist and the reason why I feel I have to answer is because their influence is out there and is can be confused uh, can confuse many people okay and especially it, it's not so much about disagreement it's about the joining the bandwagon of the of the, uh, the those that I call that have uh, the disease of um, CDS, which is a really bad disease, Calvinism derangement syndrome. It's dangerous. Make sure um, don't get too close to them because it can be very contagious. That's the thing. And so that's why I'm out there because I want to speak for brothers to come together and to stop, um, you know, don't argue about these non-essential issues. Okay. I know it does impact. It impacts how you worship, how you believe, how you, the strength in your, in your, in your walk. Doctrine and theology does matter. Okay. Theology is everything. Okay. And what you believe. However, um, we allow for people to grow in the Lord as they study, as they do independent study, as they're they're ministered to uh, their elders and their uh, teachers and their pastors. As they grow, we allow for that grace. We pray for each other. We pray that people continue to become more fruitful and more um, edified in the spirit, growing spiritually. And in so doing, perhaps then we can continue to become a more mature, mature self in Christ, in the body, right? So... There's no need for the hustle and the bustle, but on, on, on some of those videos, you could see the argumentation is not, um, the, the flaw in the argumentation against those who cannot accept full sovereignty while they say they do, they recognize <coughs> God is sovereign, excuse me, 
Um, while they say they know that God predestined things from the beginning, from before the earth ever was, as the Bible states, their application is not there. Um, it's almost as if there's a scale in front of us, and on one side we put God's sovereignty, on the other side we put free will. Now remember, free will is something that's being used constantly, very loosely, 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 all the time. Free will, free will. People love using this free will, free will uh, phrase. Question is, what do you mean by free will? Okay, if we're talking about the free will to eat ice cream or vanilla chocolate, or to go to this college or that college, or to stay home and go to college, or to buy a, you know a hatchback or a van or a car or a sports coupe, I don't know. That's something else. The free will to decide to come, to follow Christ, even that in the here and in the now. Okay, that is. That is absolutely true, and, and no Reformed uh, person denies that, unless they're immature in their knowledge. However, when you put on this scale the sovereignty of God over the free will of man to respond to God in salvation, if you're picking the free will of man, okay, or if you're picking equal scales, on both, you have a problem, okay? And your problem is with Scripture. Your problem is with Scripture, okay? Because while we go through our experiences, our moments in the wilderness, we come out, we respond to the gospel, we have our testimonies, and we recognize what we have seen and touched and experienced and the tears and, the, and <clears throat> whatever crossing Red Sea moment, wilderness coming out of experience we have, at the end of it all, we go in the book, and it says that God predestined all of these things from the beginning of the world. From, from the beginning. He causes all those things to happen according to His will. Alright? He's got it covered. So you can get on your race, and you could be as fit as you've ever been. Okay? And run better than you've ever. By the time you get to the finish line, God is, was, there. Okay? That's it. That's basically it. And if you can understand that, then you can understand Reformed theology. Okay? That God is all-powerful. Despite all we see, what happened to Pharaoh, what happened to uh, Esau and Jacob, what, all of these arguments at the end of the day, Okay, now the now the, the the I believe a ghetto argument, a very cheesy and very low um, view argument that has come around against uh, predetermination, okay, as to God deciding all this. When they say, well, then that means that God determined all the evil that happens in the world, it was by his will that they happen. You're in you're adding intentionality, which the Bible does not. All the Bible does is say that these things are, God has everything under control and he is in sovereign control of all things. But for you to argue that way is to, is to argue like a, an atheist, applying motive. <clears throat> you must not be debating many atheists because that's what atheists do with the scriptures all the time. When they take the scriptures out of context, okay, and they want to apply evil to God, that's exactly what they do. And so when God says that he does what he does, because he does what he does, that you stay quiet and that's it. Consider yourself Job. When Job 
you know, thought that he had a reason that he needed God to give him an explanation. God never gave him an explanation. He left them hanging. Okay, and yet Job was righteous, right? And so, you know, the humility of Romans 9, who are you, old man, doesn't seem to, to humble people. You know, God has the right to create, if he wants, <clears throat> you know, a, uh, a vessel for destruction. We, we, and we see this and we know this. If you asked the Arminian... So is it, is it true that some people will, will go into eternal hell? Many people will say yes. We recognize this. So what business is it of you to, to understand what's going on in that person's heart? Perhaps you're, you're, you're getting involved in the things that only God understands concerning the wickedness and the depravity of man's heart. And also the interrelational issue that, that, that's going on in that person's soul. You're, you're, you're putting your hands in the pot and it doesn't belong there. These are, these are eternal issues. These are things that have to do with God. And I think that they are um, leaving their post. And so I'm going to tell you what I truly believe the problem is with this Calvinist derangement syndrome. And people, not just the, gen, the general, not the, the general person who disagrees, but the person who has the itch to really um, judge a brother in violation of Romans 14 on these non-essential issues. Um, and the judgment continues where the, pro the poking and the prodding continues. I will tell you what I think the problem is. And it, and it really isn't very good. So stand by. I'll be right back. All right, uh, I'm back. So, um, what I think the problem is, getting a lot of notifications now. So, what what I think the problem is is that the person is not able to properly see the vastness of God. They 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 have a limited view of God's sovereignty. They're not able. That the only possible thing that could be wrong. When especially to the point where a person will actually accuse the reformed believer of stating that God has evil intentions or that God is that, that, that these things that happen are because of God's evil. Now, forget the fact that they cannot argue against the fact that, well, you know, if it's about free will, so then um, why is it that God allows uh, free will? to override his sovereignty because in essence that is what we're saying that he's allowed the person his free will to damn themselves and he was to, he wasn't sovereign enough to save them <clears throat> why is that the case okay um you just it's like you're letting the child cross the street by themselves i want daddy i want to cross the street now i want to go and they're crossing the street and you know god just <clears throat> oh well it's the free will they, you know i tried to explain them the things he he didn't he's not going to understand now but he's crossing i mean i gotta give him his free will i can't get involved you know it's like that is the position of the arminian 
because of God's vast knowledge and he understands that we just don't understand things we have to obey God the essence of loving God the very first commandment is to trust him in the things that that we can't even see right the whole the whole idea of faith what is faith the bible says it says the confidence of things that we are convicted of and we cannot see and the hope of these things he says that blessed are those that that believe in me and yet they haven't seen he says uh, do not lean on your own understanding all of these things having to do with loving your god so much that you will listen to him mind you if adam were to have god didn't have to tell him that the day that you touch that tree you're going to die god literally should should have just told him adam don't touch the tree okay it, he gave him on top of the fact that he told him not to. And then on top of that, he said, when you do, you're going to die. That wasn't enough to keep Adam from uh, violating uh, that issue. And so if we truly love and we truly recognize the sovereignty of God, and that's what we put forth, but no, I think what happens is that the, 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 the remnants of the necessity to be in control, the pride, the, the, to say that I am in conjunction, my salvation was my decision. And yet, God has done all possible things. He has formulated everything for the impossibility for man to be able to boast. And still, people say that, well, I believe it's me and God for, towards my salvation. I had to respond, but they totally omit the fact that we're talking about salvation is that of a resurrection. Okay, dead in trespasses and sins. You can't unless God does the work. In one of my videos, they tried to twist that and say, well, I can't come. That's an excuse for me not to come. Bye. And it's like, that's not an excuse. These are things that God has done from before the world ever was, of which you're not even un, you're not understanding of. You don't see these things. You don't know if you're going to buy a house tomorrow or uh, next year, or you don't know if you're going to where you're going to end up in the next sixteen years, let alone three years, let alone two weeks. God's determination, determinate will. Man is not meant to ride the wave of God's determinate will. They are supposed to live in the here and now but to make judgments based on god's determinate will i mean what do you want a crystal ball i mean that's how are you going to do that so to continually criticize the reformed position on that and to continue to exhume poor calvin from the grave just to smack him and choke him and to blame him it's not him it's scripture it's all in scripture and Calvin was just arguing what is in scripture like every one of, one of us has been for hundreds of years. And so the issue is is that man has pride. Man wants to be in control. And so man wants to be synergistic regardless of anything. Man cannot let God be God. Man cannot let God be completely sovereign, and that's why they have to have this semblance of what they do, okay? I'm not arguing for, well, you know, let go and let God. No, that's not what I'm arguing. 
But we understand that what we do do is because then again God has provided us for the doing. Okay? If we're going to dig a, a ditch, he gives us the dirt and the shovel. And we can't do anything for ourselves without him. That's basically what it is. And so we, we see God's sovereignty in the, all over the Bible. In the Old Testament, and that's it. Right? But people fight against it. So the Reformed are able to see where God says, choose, this, choose you this very day. Come, why would you die? We see that because we know he's speaking with reference to the here and now of then, then, of them, then. And he continued, that continues to be the case now. We live in the here and now, but at the end of it all, it, all that will be was written from before the beginning of all things. It had been predetermined as the Bible is written, it says. And so the false accusations just fall flat. Well, you just you have an evil and, you know, God plans to, you know, you know, because of you, it was, you know, uh, Potiphar, or rather, you know, uh, Pharaoh decided he hardened his heart. It wasn't Pharaoh's fault. You know, how, why would you argue against God's sovereignty that way when you've, you've, you've determined that you believe in God's sovereignty? Well, they have to kind of bend what God's sovereignty actually means. Okay? So what it says, what he's just giving you a, a, a highlight as to his sovereignty in, in the narrative. He's uh, the Lord, not that he has to, has allowed us through scripture to, uh, to, to let us know, to give us an in, a peek into his sovereignty for his glory. If there's any motive that's in there, it's given to us in the description that God will do what he wants for his glory and the pleasure of his will. And that's it. Right? So, you know, to be, to argue for, for, for Pharaoh is to be an apologist for Pharaoh. And, and, and the whole argument in Romans 9 concerning Jacob and Esau is to, to demonstrate it's not about them. It's about the fact that even before, whether it was, it's about nations or, or individuals or both, that, that God had already predetermined what would be even before they had a chance to do anything wrong, either one of them. Or anything right. That and that and God is giving us insight into his sovereignty. And yet, because of that, people want to rebel against that. Well, it's a rebellion against scripture. <clears throat> Again, when you we put on the scale sovereignty on one end and our free will on the other, you can't have free will heavier and you can't have it equal to. It's got to be God all the way because the Bible is clear that all things have been predetermined before the foundation of the world. And it doesn't affect the here and now. The here and now has to continue happening. We're still in the here and now. But there's an eternal purpose. He knows the end from the beginning. Right? And so that's the, what the Bible in totality, when we look at Scripture, we don't look from proof text to proof text. We consider the totality of Scripture in order to define Scripture. So Scripture defines Scripture. And that's the way we're supposed to look at it.
do not assign evil motive to God. Okay? Any evil motives are because <clears throat> you're imposing it. Thanks for listening. God bless.